Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Om Shanti. The time that we choose to be aware doesn't necessarily require me to just sit and meditate. But even while I walk and move around, I can be in a meditative awareness, which is awareness of the soul, the original, eternal, imperishable being of light. For a little while, I'd like to invite you to be present, to be here, and to be now. Allow your mind to settle in the moment, to relax. This meditation is about awareness. It's about becoming aware of your original and eternal self. It's about connecting to your truth. Let go of your name. And observe yourself feeling nameless. Let go of your gender to discontinue thinking you're a man or a woman. Let it go and observe how you would feel walking around without a gender. Let go of the role that you play and let go of the titles that you own. Observe how you're feeling as you are gradually letting go. Let go of your religion and put it aside just for now. And let go of your nationality and even the language that you're accustomed to. Imagine you have no name, gender, role, title, religion, nationality, or even a language. 
ask yourself, how do you feel at this moment? And in this feeling, who would think of you and who would you think of? The Supreme Soul would think of you and you, the liberated soul, would think of the Supreme. In this state of absolute freedom, I am truly who I am. A free, peaceful, pure, immortal, eternal soul. Allow yourself to just be absorbed in this awareness. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. That was Letting Go from my Inclusion Revolution Together with Love, an album that I did about two years ago that really took us down the journey of what our preamble meant, our constitution, the idealism of the United States of America. And I put them in a meditation process and the Letting Go meditation was for us to just break away from all the labels and the attachments that have actually imprisoned us in so many ways that we no even longer know how to be with one another. There's always something coming out of us that's not always of the best level. And I think even now more than ever, one of the observations that I've been making is just the role of women really stepping into their particular role of authenticity and role of existence and power. I was thinking when I got up this morning about how, you know, it's okay if everything is in order, let's say, If historically I am in this particular form, in this particular role as a woman to nurture, to create, to carry a child, to raise a child, to keep the home loving, to run the family as the most successful business, and to respect and honor my husband, and just to carry myself with dignity and grace. And I think that so many of us do do that. And then there's this other energy that exists where the maybe we're not in our personal place of empowerment or encouragement, or maybe we've just got really a deep karmic debt to our husband, you know, our partner, our spouse. And for whatever reason, it's that we're not stepping up to who we can be. So a lot of imbalance is taking place, both in male and female. And the question is, how do we transform all of that? How do we get back to a place of being who we really are meant to be? Or is this all just a part of the journey? 
Like we just have to go through all these ups and downs, ins and outs until we kind of see sunlight and go, oh my God, this is great. And then you go back in and you go, oh, wow, this is great. Then you go back in and you go, oh, wow, this is great. It's like each of us are really gaining moments in our lives to determine how do I want to live this moment? The destiny, the drama, you know, gave us the seed, the supreme seed. The seed, the seed had this enormous tree in it or plant in it. And imagine if you and I just stay connected to the seed what kind of an inner power and force could grow out of us, but yet we just get caught up on the leaves and the branches and sway here or there. Not to say anything is wrong with that, because the seed has this incredible tree in it. And not only is it a tree, but it can give you shade. It can build a house for you. <laughs> be interesting if it could even make a car for you. It used to. Remember, we used to use them for wagons. So the seed... And how many of us are actually connected to the source of our existence and the importance of the way we show up in the world? Food for thought this morning. We're so glad that you can tune into America Meditating Radio, one of my favorite podcasts of all time, Six Years Strong. We're coming up to our sixth annual retreat for a lot of our guests on the radio. Be at our beautiful retreat center in upstate New York, Peace Village Learning and Retreat Center. And I always look forward to that time together where we just bond and create a network of visionaries and people who are thriving to make their lives better and the world as well. Speaking about making our lives better, my next guest is Cordelia Gaffer. She's a transformational business consultant helping female entrepreneurs to replenish themselves so that they can stay in tune with their mission and purpose and powerfully impact our world. After leaving her corporate career as a controller for an IT startup, Cordelia decided to homeschool her very own children. And over the years, she discovered that the ability to learn is directly related to emotional intelligence. After 12 years of studying and implementing those techniques with her children, it became her mission to help women to do the same. She's a contributing author to the new book, America's Leading Lady, who positively impact the world. Stories of courage, challenge, and triumph, along with Oprah, Winfrey, Melinda Gates, and 50 other women who are fierce advocates for women and girls and the more just and gender-balanced world. She serves as the social media and brand chair for the All Ladies League USA Entrepreneurial Chapter, and Cordelia has been selected for the Powerhouse Global Award and designated a Global Goodwill Ambassador, Humanitarian for the USA. She's a registered United Nations volunteer, award-winning author and speaker, certified in sports nutrition. As you can see, it's endless the amount of capacity that our next guest will be sharing with us because she also hosts the Replenish Me podcast for which she has been nominated Podcast of the Year, founder of Workout Around My Day. Please welcome Cordelia Gaffer on the air. Salam alaikum, my sister. Welcome. Hello, Sister Jenna. Thank you so much. Glad to have you on board. Tell us a little bit about your own way and who is Cordelia Gaffer. (laughs) Thank you. It's such an honor to be here. (laughs) In my own way, I would just say that I am someone who's trying to be a beacon of light in the world to help women create a system of self-nurturing, which is sustainable. That's, to your point, the only way that we can really fulfill whatever it is that our purpose is in this world. Mm -hmm. Now, were you born in America, Cordelia, or somewhere else? 
I yes, I'm originally from Chicago. Yes. Oh, beautiful. In the USA. <laughs> oh, beautiful. So tell us a little bit about your journey because I, I greeted you with salam alaikum, and I loved that you were like, "Hey, girl!" Like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so my thought was like, what was the change in your life that I would assume that you also transitioned into the practice of Islam? Yes, I did. So, walaikum salam. I became a Muslim after having my own spiritual journey in my mid-20s. My parents died in consecutive years. And mm-hmm. being the youngest of four daughters, I was the one last left at home. I was working full time, going to school full time, and they were my world, right? Because they, mm-hmm. you know, were up in age, and I was taking care of them, and I felt lost. And all my other sisters had already married, and you know, started their careers and families. And interestingly enough, you know, the way life works is what you need comes when when you're ready to receive it. So in my case. I wanted to give up school, but something said stay in school. And I started meeting Muslims from West Africa, and they were very welcoming. And you know, they were not like overtly saying become Muslim or anything. Mm-hmm. But it, I just, you know, as I was invited into their homes, I learned about their culture, I learned about their religion, and it felt like exactly what I needed. But I, you know, I didn't immediately embrace. It, it took me, I guess, another three or four years until I actually married and had my first child before I actually decided. Yes, yes. I'll have to tell you that I have noticed that individuals who have transitioned into the practice of Islam here in the U.S., and this is not a judgment, I've just observed a broad view, a very spiritual approach to Islam versus what we continue to hear and perhaps see or think that there's some folks that take it to another level in which the interpretation seems to kind of sometimes give some suffering. How are you feeling now with the way the culture is in the United States? How do you stay strong and walk proud with your veil and with everything that, you know, the country is going through, which you know is not true? You and I both know it's politics, it's hate, it's godless. How do you walk with your pride and your love and your conviction in the midst of such stuff? You know, it's been my journey as a Muslim because I became Muslim two months before September 11th, actually. So I remember one of the first things that happened the day after September 11th, I was getting in the elevator, going up to my office, and a woman made a, a remark to me. She was like, well, some people just want to hide under a blanket. And I just smiled at her and I said, and some people are hurting so much that it's hard for them to love. And Mm. that's just always been my interpretation in, you know, in general, because when people don't know, there's two ways that they respond, right? They either respond with fear or they respond with curiosity. And for the people that respond with fear, it sometimes shows up as hate. And when it shows up as hate, you know, that almost makes, me feel overwhelmed with love for them because this is my opportunity to overwhelm them with compassion, you know, and yeah, so that's the way I view it. Thank you, because I know that's sometimes a little bit challenging. So let's talk about your role with your program, your book. You have a program called Replenish Me. Uh, Let our audience know a little bit about its importance in terms of women and nurturing women and personal growth. Yes. Replenish Me is a program, you know, now it's a program that I offer, but it's really a practice that I've maintained just as a mother over the years and just as a human being on this earth. So the foundation is really releasing, you know, the first part of it is 
you can't welcome a new concept without really starting yourself with a clean slate. So just releasing everything that doesn't serve you. You know, we get in the habit sometimes of just complaining, but why complain when you can actually identify the list of things that this is what I don't want in my life and I'm not going to allow that anymore. And then just creating a roadmap to solidify that as the foundation. And once we do that, we then, you know, come across challenges and, and sometimes those challenges are born within like self-doubt. And that's when you see, you'll hear me come back to these three principles. I roll in self-compassion and how to stay on that journey and then the self-forgiveness because self-compassion gets to feel weird because we're not in the habit Mm -hmm. of putting ourselves first and loving ourselves. So then we start to guilt and shame ourselves. So that's where the self-forgiveness piece comes in. And then finally, the last two weeks, I focus on the self-belief because once you've gone through all the work of creating that roadmap and learning how to have self-compassion and self-forgiveness, you have to stand firm in your belief to powerfully impact the world. Mm, Lovely, lovely. Well, I'm glad that you're doing your work in women empowerment. I think we're all growing through what is the role of the perfect example of a woman that stands strong and still is balanced. I'm not making this a very biased or generic statement, at least I hope I'm not, but, you know, Indian women have this example of the female deities, the female (laughs) gods that have, you know, been in existence in India for thousands of years. So a lot of us carry the sense that, oh, I'm supposed to think, walk, I'm a bestower, I carry this grace and this strength, I am a Shakti. And so that's been, for me at least, a very deep identity that I'm supposed to emerge into. When we talk about women empowerment and women leadership, what's your vision of us as women really in our place of power and leadership in the 21st century? Yeah, you know, I can partially relate to your your statement about Indian women. My husband's Bengali, so I've learned, you know, my seeing my sister's in-law and seeing that cultural viewpoint. But I believe that women going into the 21st century, the the best way to stay balanced is just to really acknowledge our emotions. I feel like for Western culture, like at least in the United States, growing up. As an African-American woman, I felt like if you express any emotion outside of neutral, you know, if you're too happy, too angry or whatever, then you've been categorized. But our emotions are wisdom. And when we use them as a power and we understand that they're actually how we can bring humanity back to the world, that's what will keep us balanced. For example, Mm -hmm. one of the struggles, you know, I had when I was in corporate was I felt like I had to be a man at work, like very masculine. And then I came home and I had to be the opposite of that. But why not just be powerfully feminine everywhere you are and just be Mm -hmm. human, you know, and not have to turn on a different persona. And I I think Mm -hmm. that's where the balance comes. It has to be within Yes, and that's not always easy. And you notice how I always use Hillary Clinton as an example because she's been through so much. And, I mean, she's been a wife, she's been a mother, now she's a grandmother, she's been the Secretary of State, she's ran for president, and she still got beaten down. 
it's like the world just isn't ready for, I'm not going to say the world isn't ready. The world needs more examples of women who can be strong and still be mothers, still be grandmothers, still be world leaders, and still be vulnerable. And it's as if we're trying to get like that image, you know, to be impressed in our consciousness. What is the role of a strong woman? What is the role of a woman in leadership? And how do we even as women support each other in the way we see the way men support each other in business. So it's a whole journey and it's a whole learning curve. And, I agree. Um, so I think that Hillary Clinton is a perfect example of balance. She does display her emotions very beautifully with wisdom and she's a very perfect example of where we need to be. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And look at Oprah. Look at Michelle Obama. You see, all of these women, they have that fragrance about them that they stand strong. They stand strong. And that's something that we need to see more of. And I think it brings me to your new book, America's Leading Ladies, which profiles you and the diverse range of very accomplished women of our time. Could you tell us about your chapter in particular in the book and how you created your seat at the table? <laughs> Thank you for mentioning that. Yes, America's Leading Ladies is an amazing book. And I actually asked to be part of this project last year. And I almost said no, but this is me standing in my self-belief, you know, saying, you know what, I would like to be part of a project that does have very, you know, the variety of well-accomplished women in it. And this was my opportunity to share about my experience where, you know, I already mentioned that my parents had passed when I was in my early 20s. Well, just recently, like just in the past two years, I finally, can you imagine after 20 years, I finally allowed myself to experience the grief of losing my father. And in my chapter, I talk about how that helped me to find myself and the process of basically releasing all the things that I thought that I had to do and just embracing my self-compassion and then stepping into what it is that I have to offer in the world. Mm -hmm. Because my father, you know, he was an attorney and he had his own practice and I had started my business at that point and I needed his and I just leaned myself into the memory of his love and his wisdom and that, you know, basically mm-hmm. would help me to, to find myself and rediscover. So, yeah. Wow, that's lovely. And what did you find? What I found was it's perfectly okay to not be okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true, right? One of the hardest things for women to do, I tell you. It's one of the hardest things to do. That That is so true. So most of us, lots of folks have experienced different types of their definition of failure. What has failure taught you and what has success taught you? So failure has taught me that it's practice and not to label it and it's their necessary steps in order to welcome what is success. And success mm-hmm. is just understanding that we are creators of elevated opportunity. Mhm. Just choosing to keep practicing, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What can we expect from you in the future? What's on your horizon? What has been percolating in your visionary section of the soul? You know, this concept of replenish me 
is so deep. And I think it's a method that women can benefit from. And, you know, I've noticed there's two types of people. They'll either hire, you know, a coach to help them and be part of a program, or they just love the sisterhood of going to an event. So I've created something called Replenish Me Live, and I'll be taking this event to different cities around the world. I have my first one in London, and that will be October 19th, and then I'm working on plans for Dubai and Australia in 2020. Mm, so, congratulations. Keep that up. Keep that up. Thank you. So with all the divisiveness, the chaos, the violence, and the discord that we're witnessing around the world, are you still optimistic for the future of our humanity? Say yes. I really am. <laughs> I am. I am. I 100% am because yes. the next generation, they don't they get it. have the, the hate in the heart, you know? Yeah. Have you noticed how much more wiser this generation is? It's like they must be looking at us and go, what is wrong with you? You know, what's up? (laughs) You know, they're like, whoa, you know, I just look at them and I go, we're so sorry. I just don't know what's going on. And I know I belong to this generation, but I just can't, I can't decode it myself. So we don't even know what to tell them. Well, I'm glad you're optimistic, and you must continue, and we all must continue to stay optimistic. So as we come to a close of our very warm and easy conversation, any main messages that you'd like to leave our listeners with that will really replenish their spirits and keep them fired up? My closing thought is that life is a journey of blessings that will help us to conceptualize gratitude in ways unimaginable. So be open to that. Beautiful. Love it. Leave us with a website that we can find more information about you. And thank you for joining us on air. Thank you for having me. You can find me at CordeliaGafar.com. That's my website where you can find out about everything that's coming up with me. Beautiful. All the very best. Blessings to you, my dear sweet sister. Thank you. I appreciate you. That was Cordelia Gaffer, ladies and gentlemen, and she's doing a lot of good work. Please contact her at CordeliaGaffer.com for any more information. And check out her podcast, Replenish Me. I'm sure you'll like it very much. We are definitely all, all and every single one of us are being called to step up. This isn't the fault of a person at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue or in Congress. This is all of our call. This is us. We are the ones that we've been waiting for, but we've got to start to check What are we thinking and why? What is the purpose of that thought? Does that thought take you to the dimension of yourself as a living God, a deity, an angel, a being of beauty, grace, balance? Or is it feeding your imbalance, your issues, your stuff? It's the thought. You become what you have been thinking. And that can be sometimes painful, but it also can be liberating. You become what you've been thinking. So that means if I change my thoughts, I'll change what I've become. It takes some time because we don't know how much we've been thinking a particular thought and for how it, what kind of a depth it's been fed. So change your thoughts and your whole world will change. It's not always easy, but it is possible. Beautiful way for replenishing yourself. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. So let's do that and be a lot more caring and kind to one another. And I'm going to end today's show with love and gratitude by Kristen Kaufman. Take care, everyone.
Sister Jenna, you've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or in iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.